Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homie. I'm your host, and we're about to dive into another great episode. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. They may fall into one of four different categories, or more than one of four different categories. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches. We have folks who help others build their businesses. These are our designers, our managers, our strategists, our assistants. And since today's episode is about virtual assistants and project managers, this is going to be a very important topic for you. And also, we have do-it-yourselfers who love to have your own hands on the marketing levers as you grow and promote your business. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment. Explore episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and discover how our experts can help you win the game of business and marketing. Today, I'm especially excited to have with us our special guest expert, Susan Mershon. Susan, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Adam? I couldn't be better if you paid me a million dollars. That, however, should not discourage you in the attempt. (laughs) Okay, good to know. (laughs) Yep. And what we're going to talk about today are why virtual assistants need project management skills. This is something that is so frequently overlooked. And before we get into the topic, I want to tell you a little bit about Susan. Uh, Susan is known as the Techie Mentor, and she mentors virtual assistants in building the business and life of their dreams. Through her non-techie business and technology courses, she delivers high-quality learning resources and exceptional value. She provides training using a webinar format where students receive instruction, demonstrations, and valuable resources. That definitely sounds familiar. She also makes herself available for a live question and answer session at the end of each class. Sounds exciting. Through her coaching and mentoring program, she shares the roadmap she used to build her six-figure VA business after leaving a 20-plus year corporate career. I can't wait to hear about this. She understands what it's like to struggle to go from employee to entrepreneur and has built the techie mentor to help make the transition easier for others. All right, now I've read off your official bio, so what I was hoping you could do is, for those of our listeners who haven't really had a chance to get to know you yet, just tell us a little bit about your journey and what's brought you to where you are today. Okay, great. I'm happy to. So, um, as Adam mentioned, I am a former corporate employee. My entire career, which I started at the near age of 17, I've been in IT in some way, shape, or form. Right. Um, so that's where the techie mentor has come from. Um, I did everything from a bank teller <laughs> all the way to um, software instructor. I mean, this is what aged me. I used to teach DOS. I used to teach people how to use a mouse. I used to teach Windows. Wow. Every version of Microsoft Office there's ever been. Um, and then uh, over time, uh, you know, I'm one of those people that gets bored easy. I don't like right. repetition, right? So if you ever look at my resume, I worked for the same company for 10 years, but I had six different jobs. Right. So over my time, like I said, I did many different things. At the end of my corporate career, I was a project manager. And loved it, but IT is a male-dominated industry. And long story short is my husband and I were blessed with a very late in life unexpected baby. Right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was quite a surprise. And, you know, I enjoyed my time off. I had wonderful three months, you know, paid maternity leave. You know, I had a good corporate job. So, But when I came back from my maternity leave, it was like um, I'd lost half of my brain. I was not given the same quality or caliber of projects. I mean, before I went on maternity leave, I had – programs under my management of millions of dollars um, 
and I worked for a, an IT company that does um, distribution. So I, you know, software development was my thing. Anyway, when I came back, I wasn't given, you know, I was given measly projects. And that just didn't set well with me. I was like, okay, you know, just because I'm a mom, and I already was a mom, but now I had a newborn at home. Right. I wasn't given the same um, caliber. And, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not spiting the way it is. It's just the way the IT industry is in some fashion. And so it, it left a bad taste in my mouth, besides the fact that it was a two-hour commute every day. I had to drop my kids off, at, one at school, one at a nanny. It, you know, and I just got tired. I was just really tired. Um, right. The whole corporate grind, right, the backstabbing, the politics. And if you've had a job, you understand how that goes. Yep. And so I, I thought, okay, you know what? Uh, you know, I'm bright, right? I can learn software. I can teach. I can, I'm can. i a project manager by trade. You know, there's got to be something I can do from home. Now, granted, I could have had a job where I worked from home, but I didn't want to work for somebody else anymore. I was tired of other people controlling my income, what I do, when I do it, how I do it, you know, my days off. Um, you know, feeling guilty if my son was sick and I had to take time away from my work. So I didn't want to just work from home. I wanted to have freedom to do what I wanted to do. So I stumbled across virtual assistants, and I thought, well, God, I could do that, right? Even though I had been an admin in years, I thought, well, I'm right. Techie, right? I could figure all this stuff out. So I, you know, I'm just one of those types of people when I make up my mind, I figure it out. I'll, I'll figure it out, right? And so I, I figured out that this is what I was going to do, and Within, I would say about 14, it took me about a year, 14 months to truly build my business enough to where I could leave my corporate job. So I was working a full-time corporate job, had an infant at home while building a business, so it can be done. If I could do it, anybody can. Um, and so, you know, after the 14 months, I, you know, I came home and, and there's just such a big leap from being an employee to being an entrepreneur because, you know, you're ingrained in, in being told what to do every day, right? What time you go to work, what time you leave, what time you take right. a lunch, if you should take a break, what vacation days you can have, what holidays you have off. And then when you become an entrepreneur, you're like, um, you're waiting for somebody to tell you. And a lot of times you look to your clients to do that, right? Right. So I made that mistake as well. But kind of long story short, you know, I, I found out about virtual assistants. You know, I did that for um, four years. I'm not a practicing VA anymore, but, you know, for four years I did that. And the best part about it was it was something different all the time, which I totally loved, and I still love. And that's one of my things about technology because it always changes, right? So it keeps yes. me excited. Right, right. You know, um, I remember I worked in a corporate scenario for several years myself, and there was a, a time period. There was kind of a, an overlap. I had already started my business, but I was still working there. In fact, that overlap was almost two years because I was dealing with that ox and a horse cart situation between mm -hmm. getting enough clients where I could make the jump and then making the jump so I could go get more clients. Now, if I knew then what I know now, having been an entrepreneur for 12 years, those two years wouldn't have happened. I would have just jumped. And I'd have been right. thanking myself to this day for it. But, you know, that's one of the reasons I do what I do is I like to help people shortcut that process so they can get out of their jobs faster if that's what they're looking to do. And I, uh, you know, I, I don't care who's listening. I'm just going to come out and say this. this is my show. I can say it if I want to. My boss, boss is a real piece of work. And mm -hmm. I, I, I just don't understand where some of the stuff that was in her head came from. And she sat me down for one of her talks one day where she was telling me how, you know, the way things are going right now, you're not going to get promoted here. And I'm thinking, okay, well, now I know which way I'm going. Right. So I just smiled and 
started biding my time, and four months later, I was giving my notice. And doesn't that feel great? Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that for that reason among many others. But I will tell you this. I know what it feels like to be in a situation where you're in a place where you're not appreciated anymore, or you're wondering, well, what gives? How am I suddenly the GOAT when I was the superstar just two minutes ago? What happened? Exactly. And you don't always exactly. even know what happened. I mean, I have a theory in terms of what happened to me. You have a theory in terms of what happened to you, but you never really know. And, you know, in the end, it doesn't matter. But what right. I want, want us to work together with today is to show our virtual assistants how not to get caught in traps similar to that with their own clients by understanding the importance of project management. Now, before we do that, there is one more thing I need to ask you, if you'll let sure. me. See, here on the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. And a lot of our listeners come to me and they tell me that they have everything they need to implement anything that you or anybody else who comes on the show tells them they need to do to grow their business except for time and money. Now, I ask this question because we ask every expert who appears on our show, and I like not only the variety of answers, but also the variety of ways that we interpret the question. So let me ask you, if somebody comes to you and says they have everything they need to implement, which you're going to share with us, except for time and money, how does that apply? Well, okay, I mean, that's a great question because that's everybody's complaint, right? There's never enough time and there's never enough money, and and let's face it, we only get 24 hours a day, so we all have the same amount of time. When it comes to especially virtual assistants or anybody in a service industry, um, the more productive and efficient you can be, the more money you can make, right? So you can make, if you can get stuff done in less time, just as well as you can, you know, by doing it in more time, obviously you can earn more money. So project management plays right into that, right? Because you learn how to effectively and efficiently manage multiple clients, yep. multiple tasks, multiple deadlines, multiple team members by using technology and, and implementing processes and systems that are rinse and repeat, right? You don't have to recreate the wheel every time. Right. That will save you both time and money, right? I mean, right. you have to do all the work up front, but once it's done, it's done. And you can tweak as you go. That's the beauty, in my opinion. Remember, you're talking to a project manager here, so everything comes out in that way. Plus, I'm an IT person, which is all about process as well. You know, if you really want to make the most of the time you have and make as much money as you can, you have to be productive and you have to be efficient. And that's what project management can do for you. Right. Absolutely. And that is something that I really want people to hear because that's a mistake that I made early on, too, is I had such a flood of incoming clients, which was awesome, but it quickly – took me into a place of unbelievable overwhelm. So I tried to do the thing where I built the virtual team and everything else, and I think I applied the right model to the wrong business. And ultimately, I decided I really just wanted to be in a different business, so I changed the business model. But all the same, the issue is still there. There were problems from lack of a proper project management perspective, and I don't know anybody who hasn't had this issue because right. – we dive in headfirst with our businesses because we're excited, we're passionate, and this is what we want to do. So, by George, we're going for it. Yes. And then you have clients. Then you have stuff you got to do, stuff you got to get done, stuff you got to deliver well. And that's where all this businessy stuff starts to kick in. And this is where I'm so glad to have you here because you're going to help us demystify it. But let me start with the elephant in the room. Why is it so okay. important for virtual assistants? to understand project management. And if 
part of this, if you could define what we mean by project managing, because that's another term that's just thrown around all the time. Right. Okay. So, you know, as I said, my background is project management. I'm actually a certified project management professional through PMI. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm going to give you – I'm going to give you their definition, okay? Right. Um, a, a true project, a project is always unique, and it always has um, a set duration or time, right? In other right. words, it has a start and finish, has a duration. Right. Okay? That's a project. It's, I mean, really simple. It's unique and always has a start and finish. An operation is ongoing, right? It's like ah. you have to pay bills in your home. you got to pay bills. Well, that's not something that has a start and finish. Yeah, you write a check, but every month, you have to continue to pay your bills or your lights will get turned off or you lose, you know what I mean, your electricity. So uh, most virtual assistants, and so I, I always preface this because I get into long, drawn-up conversations with people, they have to understand my perspective is because I'm a, uh, like I said, I'm a, I'm a, um, a PMP, I'm a, a certified project manager, and these are the things that I know from the corporate world. So I take that and put that into any business. And a lot of people go, well, I'm going to hire a project manager. And so my question to them would be, okay, well, what are they going to do? Oh, well, they're going to do customer service stuff. They're going to answer for something. Whoa, whoa, that's not a project manager. Right. A project manager manages a project, has a start and finish. Once the project's done, the project manager's finished, and they go to the next project. An operations manager is a manager that sets in your business and manages the moving pieces of the business. Right. Which could include – managing a project manager who's managing the launch of a new website because a launch of a website is a start and finish. Once the website is finished, then it becomes an operation. Right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And that's the gray area that people stumble upon. So why is it important for virtual assistants to understand project management? They need to understand the difference between the two. What's operations versus project management? And, if someone comes to me and goes, well, I'm a project manager, then I, of course, say, well, what does that mean? What what kind of tasks do you do? And I've, I think I've run across in all my years, I've been in business five years, maybe three people that said they're a PM that truly are. The rest of them are all operations managers. And it's a different expertise, Adam. It really is, right? To yeah. manage a project and to manage operations, it's two different sets of expertise. Um and operations is the day-to-day stuff that happens. The project manager only does the project, and then they're moved on to something else. So with the project manager, some of the skills that you have to have is you have to be able to manage multiple deadlines, and you have to manage multiple resources, even yeah. if the resources aren't yours. Right. So if you think about it, when a VA builds a business, they usually don't just have one client because that's usually a job, right? They usually yeah, exactly. have exactly. multiple clients. Right? Yeah. And so multiple clients have multiple tasks which have multiple deadlines. That right there is project management. Even though it may be ongoing, it's still you're using project management fundamentals to manage all those moving pieces. Does that make sense? It makes it makes perp it makes perfect sense. And one thing I'd like to say is, you know, I, I don't think there's anybody listening to this call who's a virtual assistant or an online business manager or whatever level in that game they play, uh, who doesn't have multiple clients. I have one client of mine who would love to have me fire all my other clients and work just with them and they and I they asked me how much that would cost and I I gave them the number. Five million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, five million five million dollars. And uh, I got in this discussion one day inside uh, a discussion group I belong to on Facebook, and the and it was 
kind of the same thing. Somebody who's a virtual assistant posted in a group that they had a client who was asking them to fire all their other clients and work just with them, and how much do they charge for that? So I said, my answer is $5 million, and the reason for that is because I have to think of not only the revenue I'm losing from losing all those other clients and all the other opportunities that could have led to, but I also have to look at what impact that's going to have because if I can't have other clients, then I have to shut down my marketing. Right. So I'm looking at the approximate lifetime value of my business and the hit it's going to take by getting rid of all but one client. Awesome. So, that's yeah, exactly would, right. Yeah, so I would certainly hope that folks would have more than one client. When you have more than one client, you're going to have a couple other things that are going to come into play. You're going to have competing priorities. You're going to have mm-hmm. different ways of doing things for different clients. I have a handful of very close clients that I work with. Um, in addition to our website review clients and our content coaching clients and everything else, I have a very select tiny little group of clients that I work with very closely in their businesses. And that means something different for every single one of those clients. So aside from all this stuff about logistics and getting the job done, now we have to look at different ways of doing things with different clients. And in order to track that, and if you bring on a virtual team, they have to understand that how you do things for client A may be the exact opposite of how you do it for client B. And this may be something right. both clients feel very strongly about. Agreed. Agreed. And that, and that's another thing that you have to, you have, you have to be quick on your feet. You really yeah. have to be able to, you know, as I improvise, um, and, and really, like I said, think on your feet, be quick on your feet because you may have, you know, clients that have the same type of business, but you're right. It's operated completely different because it's your business. It's your choice, right? right? How you do things. And so coming back to, you know, why is it important for virtual assistants to understand project management? As you said, most of them don't have one client, and if they did, it's usually a job. And I don't know about you, but I'm not going to work for somebody else. That was one of the reasons I left, right? So having multiple clients, um, then you bring on the multiple deadlines and the multiple tasks, but then you also may have the element that your client has a team, right? right? And they want you to work in conjunction with them on different things that you're doing. So that's a whole other element. So what project management, in a, in a nutshell, is really managing the moving pieces of yes. a project, everything that's going on. Now, granted, it's operations that you're managing, but you're still managing multiple tasks, multiple deadlines, and multiple clients, Correct. which falls under the realm of project management. So it's easy to see that the two can get overlapped when it comes to titles. And I mean, titles are titles are titles. You can call yourself whatever you want to. Right. But true project management is different than operations management. And there's right. a different set of expertise, as I mentioned, and there's also a different set of rates, depending on what you're doing. Obviously, if you're a true project, a virtual project manager, you know, I was a project management consultant for years. You make well in $150 and more an hour yes. because of your expertise. An operations manager doesn't quite come in that high, so it's because it's a different skill set. I mean, a great project manager can make a lot of money. Yes. Yes, that's, right? that's, so, very, that's very true. And we see project managers both in and out of the corporate world. Uh, we have a, one of our clients uh, trains project managers, and, he's, and he has a relationship with the PMI as well. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of close to this subject in general. And you see this a lot of times inside business organizations, and you defined it perfectly, where you have a group of people from different departments who come together under a point person to do a specific project within an organization. Exactly. 
Yeah, and, and it's outside the topic of this call, but uh, you know that there are many conflicts that arise when you have that going on, and it's not too so, much different with the virtual. Yes, because now maybe, yeah, you may be managing a project, and you may be managing different people who have different levels of organization with that client. As a project manager, you may be managing their other virtual assistant for this project. You may be managing their web designer for this project. You may have people yep. who are coming onto the team just for that project, and you may have people who are regularly part of that client's team who are not involved in the project. You may also have exactly. people who are on that client's regular team who don't understand why they're on the project and feel that they really don't need to attend the meetings. Oh, yeah, and, and I'm laughing to myself because you're, you're – I mean, that's project, that's project management because I laughed because that was my life for so many years, right? Yeah. And so for me, you know, it was a very easy transition to go from a project manager to a virtual assistant because it really didn't change. It was the right. same the same stuff, different day, different people – um, and I wasn't, you know, I was a business owner versus a project manager, but it's the same type of issues that you run into because you have multiple personalities, you have uh, multiple people working together, which, you know, that can always cause issues, right? People work right. differently. So for me, it was a, a rather simple transition. Plus, I already had project management um, skills, so I just basically took those skills and put them into my VA business. Right. And it made such a difference. And, of course, I didn't realize at the time, you know, when when you work in a corporate setting and you work in IT, and I worked with a bunch of other project managers, you just assume they know what you know, right? right? But when you become an entrepreneur, it's a whole different game. People are like, well, how do you do that? I'm thinking, well, why did you know how to do that? But then I'm thinking because they should be project managers like me, they should know that. So it's a whole mindset shift when you start working with people who weren't in the same background as your same thing with IT, right? Because I'll talk to somebody and they'll go, what is she talking about? I think, okay, wait, I can't talk like that because they don't understand what I'm saying because they don't come from the same background that I do. So that's a whole other, you know, there's a lot of mindset that goes into this as well. And, exactly. you know, knowing that you know what you know, not everybody else knows, right, Let me when you become an entrepreneur. That's, exactly. That was kind of a big hurdle for me because I figured everybody knew what I knew and quickly I realized that wasn't the case. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's very true. And I'm going to ask you a question in a second about the key skills that virtual assistants need to know when it comes to project management. But I'm going to tell you a story of me being on somebody's virtual team at one point. And, uh, okay. and I, was, I was brought on board as, uh, to this. Uh, this wasn't even one of my regular clients. This was somebody who is a periodic client. And I was brought on board to be the big gun to handle a certain element of their product launch, right? And they had this person who was not being identified as a project manager, but when I looked at it retrospectively, I recognized that that's what they were hoping this person would accomplish for them. So they announced they're going to have a meeting of the team. And then in the first meeting is we all go around the table, you know, virtually speaking on a, on a call, is we all go around the table, so to speak, and we say who we are and what we do. And then... I tolerated that one. And then a week later, there's another meeting, which is basically all about, why doesn't everybody just tell us what they're up to and things like that? After that, I went to the client and I said, I don't have time for this. I'm not attending your meetings. Have them tell me what they need from me. Right. Now, retrospectively, I recognize that there was a project management failure there because I'm feeling alienated like this is a complete waste of my time. And I even made it to the point to my client, and these two hours of my time, which you're paying for, which are now wasted for all time that I'll never get back in my life, we could have moved your launch two hours closer to completion. So what do we do here? So something right. 
was missing there. So I think part of that lies in the answer to knowing where the key skills that virtual assistants need to know when it comes to being an effective project manager. So take it away. Okay, so number one, you have to be a leader. Yeah. You have to lead. Like it or not, you know, it, it, and so I told you what a project is. The definition of a project manager is, is very simple. You're responsible to deliver the project on time, on budget, in the sentence. That's why a lot of project managers get fired because they didn't do it. It's yeah. your butt. It is your butt. Even if you, you know, like I said, I had multi-million dollar projects, and I had hundreds of people on a project team. But at the end of the day, who is responsible for that if it blows up? I was, right? Yeah. It was my butt. So you better believe I was, um, you know, motivated <laughs> to make yeah. sure things were getting done. Um, but just as, you know, if you can't tell, I, I'm, I'm a leader. I am outspoken. I'm not afraid to say, uh-uh, hey, that ain't how that's going to work. We're not going to do that, right? right. We're not going to, why, you know. So you have to be a leader. You cannot be afraid to have a conflict with your client. If your client asks you something or your client, for instance, not to go down a rat hole here, Adam, but this happens all the time. You have, you're going to send out a client easy, right? And you send yeah. it out every week. And the client writes the content. And the client is due to send you the content on Monday so you can put it together on Tuesday to send it out on Wednesday. Correct. But the client always sends it to you on Tuesday. But you still do the job and work, you know, 24 hours to get it out on Wednesday. What's the problem with that? Well, my problem would be you have a deadline. You missed it. Guess what? I'm not Top doing problem. anything this you're, week. You're only saying there's one? I mean. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> but my point is is that people don't stand up and say no. You have to say no. Your clients have to – you train your clients to work with you. So the biggest thing is you have to be a leader, and you have to be able to say no. You have to be able to, to stick to your guns. Um, so number one would be a leader. Number two is you have to be persistent, or tenacious, whatever word you want to use, right? Yep. You have to be if it if A doesn't work, then you have to go to B. Right. If B doesn't work, then you go to C. You don't yep. ever you don't quit. Um, so as I said, leader, you have to be persistent. You have to be organized. Uh huh. Because you have all of these moving parts that's happening all the time. You've got all these people coming to you. Everything is funneled through you as a project manager so you know what's going on, right? Right. So you have to have some kind of organization to that so you you can handle all of those things that are coming to you. And to me, those are really top three. I mean, you have to be a leader. You have to be um, persistent. You have to to be organized. And, and really, you just you can't be afraid to say no. And I think there's a lot of people who are afraid to push back to their clients um, because, A, they don't want to lose the client. B, they don't want to ruffle feathers. But then what you're doing is you're teaching the clients how to work with you, and you're teaching them wrong, in my opinion. They're, right. It's okay to send stuff to you late because you'll work night and day to get it done. Not me. <laughs> right? Right, right. As soon as, yeah. as, soon as, people start, as soon as people notice the rabbit hole, they dive in. Exactly. And I've got the shovel to, to bury it. I'm like, yeah, there is no rabbit hole here. You know, right. either you do it my way or you don't, or we don't work together. And I know that sounds kind of harsh and people cringe, but it's no, my business. No, 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 no. Frank Sinatra wrote a song about that that we all love. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, you've, you've got to be able to stand up to your clients and, and dictate what needs to be done, which all comes back to um, being a leader. So as a virtual assistant, you know, you have to be organized. You need to have processes and systems in place. I mean, I remember my, uh, you know, my corporate friends thought I was crazy when I left my job and went to work for myself. And, and they're like, you know, we would meet for lunch every so often, but they just didn't get it, right? They don't right. understand. 
And it wasn't that they weren't supportive, but they just didn't get it. And right. I was explaining to them that it was just me, right? I had one or – well, maybe I had three or four clients at that point. Right. But um, I had all my processes in place. I had an okay. SOP. I had a standard operating procedure. I had all of my intake. I had everything already defined. In other words, I had a foundation for my business, which a lot of VAs have no foundation. They just go start getting clients, and then they're like, well, how do I market or, or that kind of stuff, right? Uh-huh. And – and without the foundation, it's just like building a house on a shaky foundation or a house of cars because your business will explode and then you have no processes in place. And then you're, you know, you're putting the cart before the horse. And in my opinion, that's where you can get yourself in trouble, right? Because you're just throwing stuff together, which you don't do your best work at. So if you right. put those systems in place and build a solid foundation, then all you have to do is just go out and get clients and earn, earn, earn a living. Have yeah. a life of your dreams. Right, right, right. So uh, so let's take a step back here. I told you that I was brought into a project and I sat through two meetings that I thought were pointless and I go to the client and I say, keep me away from these meetings or you're going to lose me. And they excuse me from the meetings. I don't think that was the right move for them to make. They should have fired the PM. <laughs> okay. Uh, fired the PM or done what else? Because it's well, not, okay. I mean, because cause so, here's the thing too. I also gave you the clue earlier that the person was not identified as a project manager per se. As far as the only thing that was ever communicated to me is they were the person who set up the bridge line. I mean, it, it, it didn't it, it didn't crystallize till later that they were actually the point for the entire project. I think that might have been mistake number one. But uh, let's say somebody comes to you and they say, "Well, I don't want to sit in the meetings. Just tell me what I just tell me what you need." And I would say, okay, well, what's the problem? Why don't you want to sit in the meeting? Tell me right. what causes reaction. Then they would say, okay, well, all we do in the meetings is just chit-chat. Okay, well, that shows me there's not a leader, okay. right? And maybe because whoever hired the person wasn't clear on roles and responsibilities, which is something you must define as a project manager or in a project, there's always a roles and responsibilities matrix. So people know who to go to if there's a problem, right? right? And so maybe it wasn't clear at that point that, you know, uh, Brian was the project manager. Maybe you just thought this person was an admin. And as well as a lot of times with working with clients, you don't have a lot. They don't give you a lot of authority, right? They don't give, let you have the reins. As a project manager, they need to just let you go. Say, here's right. what you, you're going to manage this project. Here's here's the scope of the project. Here's the budget. Here's the deadline. Go. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's what that's what they need to tell a project manager in true form, because then the project manager knows what to do. After you tell me, tell me what I'm doing, who I'm doing this for, how much is it, and when is it supposed to be done? Let me, and then I'll get the team, and we'll we'll start from there. Right, right. Now, he, now here's the challenge with um with virtual assistants acting as project managers, and uh, and and folks who work in workplaces and have a title with the phrase administrative assistant inside it feel this too. They're given a lot more responsibility than authority. Right. So they're told, so they're told that they're 100% responsible for getting this done. Then when they attempt to exercise what they need to do to get that job done, they say, "Oh no, you're just the AA or you're just the VA. You don't have the power to say that." But then they're held responsible for what needs to get done. That they need to say that. So where do we find this balance? Uh, Skip Weissman, who trains project managers, who's a, a client of ours, defines this as seeking influence without authority. So how would a VA do that? How do they get the influence? How do they get things done, even if they don't have the power, so to speak? 
Well, okay, so and that brings up a valid point because to me, without the authority, you don't really, you can't really stand there and ask people to to do work for you. As right. a project manager, nobody has a direct line to you. They're not, they're, you're not a resource manager, right? Right. You, you're a, you're a project manager, so the resources work for somebody else, right? So you have to have the ability to get people to do what you need, even though they know that you don't have the ability to get them fired, or you don't sign right. their paycheck, or you don't do whatever. So that comes down. I really think to communication skills, and I yeah. think it also comes down to the fact that whoever you're working with, um, they may not give you the authority, but for me, I would go back and say, okay, I'm happy to be responsible, but I have to have some authority if you need to get, you know, if you need me to get this done. Right. You can let your client, you can let your team know, you know, that I'm just here to help get something done. I'm not here to take anybody's job. I'm here to see that these tasks get finished so that we can deliver X on time. Right. And and I think it comes back to communication and just being transparent, saying, okay, look, we all have a goal in mind. How How is the best way for us to approach this as a team to get it done? What can we all bring to the table to say, okay, we need to get this finished. What can we do? But for me, I'm the project manager. I'm asking my team because they're usually the subject matter experts, right, on how to do X, Y, Z. I'm not. Right. I'm just here to manage the whole thing. How can we go forward and get that done? Um, and I hear what you're saying about, you know, them saying they're administrative assistants. But to me, there comes a point where they say, okay, you know, I have to have some authority yes. in order to get this done because there will become a point where, yeah, you can have a lot of influence, but there may become a point where you have to have the authority to make a decision. Right. Right? And if you don't have the authority to make a decision, well, it's really not making a decision, which is, you know, making a decision, which that's why a lot of projects fail. Or that's why a lot of things fail is because I think it comes back to uh, people not wanting to speak up to ruffle feathers, but there's a, a, a time and a place where you have to. And, you know, kind of circling back around, when you're part of a team, you need to build influence. And I think that comes back to trust. If yes. you can prove that you are trustworthy and that you will do what you say, that's going to help your influence. So that even if you don't yeah. have a lot of authority, if you can prove that you're a trustworthy player and that you have the best intentions and you're here to help, that's going to be, I think, a step further for you without having authority, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think um, in case this hasn't come clear already, I am taking kind of a hard line in this because what I'm trying to demonstrate for our listeners is that you can run into quite a wall of resistance when you attempt to do this uh, when you uh, approach project management from a virtual assistant place. I, I see this happen a lot. And I know that, you know, myself um, having occupied uh, some pretty high places in certain clients' organizations, then they bring this new person along, tries to boss me around, and I say, who the F are you? I've been here right. for seven years. You've been here for three and a half minutes. How about you just shut up and listen to me? Exactly. Now, I don't, now, I don't, now, I don't say that directly to the person. Well, in one case, <laughs> I did. But that will be the message I deliver to the client, which is, who is this numbskull coming in here telling us that we have to redo the logo and trying to tell me how to do my job? Excuse them. So right. you're a project well, manager, and you're bumping into this, and I, generally speaking, am somebody, you try and boss me around, I'm going to give it back to you in about 14 spades. Right, and I've had people like you on my project team. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I, and I'm I deliberately showing the worst right. side because I want us to overcome me. I want people to know if you're a virtual assistant running a project, you can do this. Exactly. And, you can make me and, love you. That's right. And what happens is, I mean, I've had this happen to me is, as – 
you know, I was um, – I worked with a client that had multiple virtual assistants, and she brought me in because she was going to launch a product. And, you know, they had several failed product launches because they had no project management behind it. They were just uh-huh. throwing stuff around willy-nilly. So she said, you know what, Susan, this is your expertise. Can you come in and just manage it? I said, sure. I said, but you need to let your team know, right, who I am and why I'm here. Well, guess what? She didn't tell them. So we get in a virtual meeting, and she doesn't show. So it's me and the rest of the team, and they are they are defensive as the day is long. Which exactly. I'm not I'm not I'm not pointing fingers, and I get it. I do. I totally get it. So they say, "Well, who are you?" And I didn't take any of their snottiness personally because I I get where they're coming from. And I said, "Well, you know, this is who I am, and this is why I'm here." And there was one, no offense, Adam, just like you, who said, "Well, I don't, I don't know who you are," <laughs> right? And I said, that's fine. You don't have to care who I am. I'm simply telling you what, you know, client A has brought me in to do. And, you know, I didn't say because of past project failures. I didn't say any of that. I just said I'm here to manage, you know. And so, you know, I I try to extend the olive branch to this team and say, I'm not here to take your – I told them, I'm not here to take your job. Right. I'm not a VA. I'm here to – I'm here just to manage – and I'm not here to manage you. I'm here to manage the task – the uh, the deliverables, the task, if you will, the deadline, and everything else just to make sure things get done. I'm here to help you. I'm here to bridge the gap between everybody. So if you can't get the client to, to answer a question, that's where you come to me, and I'll go and track her down and make sure I get what you need, and then I'll give it to you. So I, I, what I try to paint is when I'm not, I'm not the enemy. I'm really here to help you. And I try to explain to them how I'm here to help. So I try to, you know, extend the olive branch, if I will, you know, I'm not here to boss you around. I'm not here to tell you what you have to do. And so, you know, they were still a little standoffish. And so then I went back to the client, and, you know, me being me, said, well, I don't appreciate the fact that, A, I asked you to tell your team, and, B, you weren't even in the meeting. I go, you left me in a bad position. Now I handled it. But if, if you know, if the person, if it wasn't me, if it's somebody who didn't have the background that I have, just think what could have happened in that situation, a cat fight, right? Right. Um. And she was like, I'm very sorry. And I said, I just need you to go to your team, and I need you to explain. Here's what I said. I basically said, here's what I said to them. I need you to go back and tell them that. And she did. And, you know, what I did immediately was just put some processes in place and say, okay, here's how we're going to communicate. Here's how we're going to use this tool. Um, And she backed me up on that. And then once they saw the benefits that I was truly there to help, you know, things calm down. But as first brush, people are like, well, who the hell are you? Excuse me for the French. But you know what I mean, right? Yeah. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa who, who is this and why is she telling me I have to do this? So I totally get that. But you do have to almost put the olive branch up so you can't take the feelings and the animosity to heart because it's not right. you, right? It's not you. It's just the fact that a lot of people are defensive and they don't under, because they don't understand it's that unknown well they a lot of people have that evil voice in their head that says oh my god i did something wrong they're going to replace me this is my replacement right right, <laughs> right? even though it's the furthest thing from the truth um so i you know to me that's that helps i just am tra- i try to be transparent and say here's why i'm here here's what i'm for i'm really here to help you i'm not here to take your job away i'm here to make things easier for you right Precisely. you're not going well I don't know what's supposed to happen. And when, you know, I did my job, but, you know, Stacy over there didn't do her job. Well, nobody's talking to Stacy. Well, that's what the project manager does. That's how they bring all the pieces together. So, I mean, that was kind of a long-winded answer, but, you know, I get where you're coming from because I've dealt with people like you. And, and oh, I'm like not me. slamming you, obviously. <laughs> but you know what I mean. 
What's your, well, what's your little attitude? <laughs> <laughs> well, here, 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 see, here's what you have to remember, being a virtual assistant working with project management. And for everybody listening, the, the past three or four minutes of that, if you're listening to this live, subscribe to us on iTunes and go back and listen to that three or four minutes again. If you are listening to it on the podcast already, rewind, take notes, because what – Susan has just done for you, she's given you the formula for defusing that. And when you're working in your virtual assistant, you're working as a project manager, you have to remember that pretty much everybody else on your project team is going to be virtual as well. And these right. are people, in many cases, who were spurred to become entrepreneurs because they could not stand being told what to do. So, Amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's 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 one of uh, history's little ironies because I study history. Many people who become dictators of their country, that is ironically a reaction to their own aversion be, to being told what to do. Somebody pushed them around. Somebody told them they're just uh, fill in the blank or what have you, and they said, right. no, no, I'm not going to have that. So they go all the way to the opposite extreme just to make sure it never happened to them again. Wow, that's There's a power issue you have to think about there. And when people feel that you're threatening their power, of course they're going to react that way. Now, on the other hand, when you show up and you're there to help, well, everybody wants help. Right. Yeah, everybody, want, everybody, wants, to make, everybody wants their job to be easier. So I have a, one client in particular who frequently brings in outside consultants and other people to help, and, um, and uh, they know how to properly handle that, which is to do a proper introduction to find to right. each person what that what their role is. And usually, the instruction to me is generally speaking, uh, give them the history that they need and the access to the technologies that they need. And I say, sure, absolutely, let's do it. Right. It's, it's right. yeah, because there's no threat to me, and it's clear to me why they're there. And we each know who the other person is and what they're there for. So since I understand they're bring, bring, being brought on board to help move an area of the business forward using a unique skill set, I'm excited to have them. Yeah, because you're like, woohoo, we're going to be moving forward. We're doing something yes. new. It's that whole fear of the unknown is what the problem is. Is when you're right. the unknown in the room, people think that you're there to boss them around, tell them what to do, or to take their job. And so you have to diffuse that as quickly as possible by giving them the olive branch, by not taking, you know, not taking that the anger that they may come at you with personally. Because it's not personal. They don't know you from a hill of beans. They just know you are a threat in some way, shape, or form. Or you could yeah. be a threat. Absolutely. That, that's very true. And I know we're having so much fun here. We're already three-fourths of the way through, so I want to make sure that <laughs> I know. Thing. I know. We, I mean, we, we may have to have you back to cover a related topic here, but I know we want to deal with this somewhat forensically and from, uh, and from a background view because we need to understand what causes some of the problems. It's great to offer solutions, but I really want to get into some of the underlying issues. That's why I took the bad guy approach to this, and I told you about my worst days dealing with project managers so that we could bring mm -hmm. out how to overcome that because everybody will face it. And, you know, looking at myself, I'm not – actually a bad guy at all and I'm somebody who likes to work with others and I'm somebody who likes to be of service and I don't feel threatened because my attitude towards things is well if you don't want me around I've got them lined up around the block which is true I mean I've, I've got no security issues or insecurity issues related to that but when you run across right. somebody who does that that's actually a pivotal moment for you you have the opportunity to alienate them permanently or to make them your cheerleader right turn it around 
opportunity you have, not not just to get them to buy in, but to make them the, your enthusiastic supporter and best and best helper. Right. Yeah, you have the opportunity to make them love you. And in fact, when they react that way, that's really them reaching out, asking for the assurance of knowing that they themselves are valued. They are not trying to take their job away. And if you present that in such a way where it brings them on board, well, you've just addressed their their primal concern. They're going to love you. Right. And you hit the nail on the head. And you're right. And I appreciate the fact that you, you went down, as you say, the bad guy route because that is something that happens. And when you're virtual, you can't diffuse it by being in the room with them. You know, you right. can't walk over and talk to them and say, look, right, what's the issue? Let's talk this through. You have to be able to diffuse it without them seeing you. And you have to diffuse it through your voice. And, you know, you have to be sincere. You, they have to hear that you truly are here to assist. Right. Right. Absolutely. You know? Yep. And I, so I did the whole virtual. Because I had, like I said, I had teams in India. I had teams in Russia. I had teams. And I never, ever laid eyes on these people. I talked to them on the phone all the time. Yeah. Right? But you'd build the rapport. And, and, and of course, it's different in corporate, right? You know, they know who you are because you're introduced. They go through you. You go through all the hoops you have to go through when you become a project manager on a large project. So everybody well, knows. So, but there's still animosity at times, um, and maybe not between you, but between team members, and you have to deal with that too. And that's a whole other discussion. But you know, oh yeah, um, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and which in which you have, which and there's a couple things you can run into in a corporate environment, which could play in the virtual world. Um, as yeah. we defined it, a project in the corporate world is where you have people from different departments bringing different competencies in. Well, now right. you have the people from those different departments, and those departments have people who lead the departments. Let's just call them directors, just so we have a clear mm-hmm. conversation. Now, so, now you have one director that says, well. How come that other director's person is the project manager? What about my person? Why didn't my person get points? So already now you have that person aligned against you. Then Mm -hmm. when you're the project manager and you don't have director-level status and you go to that director um, asking uh, asking for their team member's participation, they may say, well, I don't really want that person to work on your project because I have important things for them to do. I don't want them getting distracted. In fact, when I was uh, in a department in a corporate setting and I didn't want to be involved in the project, all I had to do was go to my director and tell him how swamped I was. And he went to the mat to keep me from getting roped into things because he did not want me pulled into other people's projects. Uh, It was uh, he was very territorial about that. And uh, retrospectively, I say thank goodness, but uh, because some of that stuff, let's not even go there. But um, yeah, uh, yeah. So so you have that going on, and then. You uh, you have this person who's a project manager who then goes to the director and asks for resources, and they say, excuse me, I'm a director, and you're what down there on the org chart? Since when do you tell me to do anything? You run into a little right. bit of too. Right, and you've got to have – and then and, and in that corporate setting, you've got to have you got to have a backup at that point. Yeah. You know, you've got to have someone who, who – has your back. And I was, I was lucky enough that my, my direct boss worked for the CIO, right? So I, my boss was under the CIO. So if I had any problems, I could actually go to the CIO who, you know, the CIO is the chief information officer because I worked yeah. in IT. He's the head of IT. I could walk in there and say, you know, Steve, I got a problem with Director X. He go, I'll take care of it. <laughs> so I got to the point where I didn't have any problems with people because they knew that if I needed something, he would back me up. Right. Now, not everybody has that luxury because I've worked in businesses where I didn't have that. So I was grateful. And then, you know, I wasn't afraid to say, look, this, this, you know, this 
project will fail if I don't have this resource because this resource is the only one in the, in the company that knows X and I need them on the, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, you can run into that with your clients, right? Yeah, absolutely. On a, on a team with your clients. They don't want to give up because that person is their, you know, their warm and fuzzy person, but you need that warm and fuzzy person in order to finish the project. And then you have to conflict resolution. I mean, I could write a book just on the skills yeah. that you need to have. We hope because you, you do. need to have all of them. <laughs> we hope we hope you do. It would be a bestseller. Hmm. Well, thank you. I know it's on my my ever growing to do list, but yes. you, you know it, it really is. So to be a good, I mean, you can be a project manager and you can be a good project manager. I had a lot of friends who couldn't manage the way out of a paper bag. Yeah. Right, and they could not figure out why they couldn't hold the project manager job. They had the PMP certification but they still couldn't manage a project. And I right. didn't get my PMP. And the only reason I did, Adam, get my PMP is because it was more money. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I reached the, the tier in, in my business where I wanted more money. And they're like, well, the only way you'll get that is go get it. I go, all right, I'll go, fine, I'll go get my PMP. And so I did. Um, and I could earn more money. That's why I did it, not because I wanted the certification, because I wanted the money. And in corporate, you know how that goes. So, uh, yeah, I, I, have an, I have an MBA. You don't have to tell that story to me. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, precise, precisely. So we have about 10 minutes left here, and there's uh, okay. two things we want to cover, one of which is we want to reveal to our listeners who are probably on the edge of their seats deciding if they still like me um, how they want to benefit <laughs> from you. And before we do that, uh, you did promise me that you would share with our listeners some stuff about technology because the biggest question that I get anyway or that I see inside discussion groups uh, where we talk about these types of topics is what software do you use to manage your projects? So take it away. Okay. For me, um, I use Teamwork PM, and actually okay. they're called Teamwork now. They used to be called Teamwork PM. Right. And um, I've used them pretty much since I left my corporate job. Obviously, in my corporate job, I use Microsoft Project, Microsoft Project Server, you know, the, big, the big project management tools. You don't need those for virtual assistant work. You need a task management system. Yeah. And so Teamwork is a great one, and I've actually been um, – you know, I actually know the people who uh, created Teamwork. I have a great relationship with them. I'm actually one of their one of their only certified trainers, just because, you know, I started reaching out to them and they asked if I would do it. I, you know, great relationship for me. But when it comes to task management, here's a couple of things. One, there's many, many of them, and there's many really good ones. The key here is to find one that works for you. Just because I say I use Teamwork doesn't mean you need to run out and get it. Right. Because if you fight with your task management system, it's not the right one. If you fight with it, it's not the right one. Go find one. And you may have to try several. Asana is a good one. Zoho is a good one. Trello is a good one. I oh, personally yeah. don't like Basecamp, um, but it's one that's out there. Yeah. yeah. And so you can just Google them, and they all have a free version. So you may have to go through a few to find one. And then the other thing I'll tell you is use it. A lot of people have it, but they don't do anything with it. They write everything on sticky notes or paper. Well, that's not going to help you because a task management system can make you efficient and organized because what you can do is you put everything in there, and then your clients can have access to it. You can track your retainers. You can track – they can pull status reports. I mean, they can do everything right. from in there. So, you know, I don't know how anybody who is a, a virtual assistant, again, coming from my project management world, how you could manage all of these things with a notebook. You have to have not Excel, not Word. You need to have a program that is designed to manage multiple tasks, multiple clients, multiple deadlines, and be able to show you your workload. I mean, one of the things that I get at them all the time is someone will go, well, how many clients do I need to take on? 
and no offense, but the hair on the back of my neck stands up because I'm a project manager. I go, well, shouldn't you know how much money you need to earn? Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and, and then it's not how many clients you have because every client has a different workload. It's how many hours you need to work. And then right. and if you're using a, a, a pad of paper, how do you know how many hours you work in a week you or don't. a month? And then you and how do you know if you can take on new clients if you're not tracking this stuff? And you can tell I'm very passionate about this kind of stuff. Yeah. So got to have a task management system. If you're going to be successful, you have to weigh – you have to measure everything. You have to measure the time that you work, you know, how much um, money is coming and going. All of that stuff has to be watched. And you have to have a system that does that. So my advice is find one that works for you. You can Google task management systems. Try a couple, but use it. Put everything you do in there. Get your clients on board. Show them the benefits of using it as well. Right, 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 precisely. Now, uh, here's something that comes up sometimes is people get involved in projects and they say, oh, I have to log into another project management system. Yes. And if your client has one and you have one, you can ex import and export. So if I have a client that uses Basecamp but I use Teamwork, I would go in and do what I need in her system, but I'll in export what I need and throw it into my system because I need to calculate how much work I'm doing for her. And right. I'm not doing it in her system. I'm doing it in mine. So, I mean, yeah, there's going to be some hiccups along the way, but you just have to learn to be flexible. Just export your data, import it in, and put it in the project, and then all your data is there. You can do that once a week. Take it five minutes. Yep, I, li I like that a lot, too. Now, some project management systems will set it up so that you can put the people on the project team on a listserv so they can do the communications by email. Um, I've heard of that, and yes. I've also heard of project management system set up so that whenever somebody uh, has something going on, like they're assigned a task or an update or an answer or something like that, they get an email telling them to go do it. Because I'll tell you myself, um, if somebody comes to me and says, welcome to the project, and we have this project management software, we need you to log in every day and see what's going on, I tell them flat out, no, I won't. Right. Well, with Teamwork, you I don't even do have it. to log in. Right. Yeah, you don't exactly. have to log in. You can, you can run anything through emails. They can actually add tasks, set deadlines. You can communicate. You can just get rid of Outlook altogether. You can just right. use Teamwork to communicate, which is the way to go because you don't spend so much time searching through your email to find yeah. a specific email about a specific task. Everything's threaded and kept within the project. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to bring that out because that's the one of the biggest reasons why using technologies fail is, I mean, I'll just come out and say, uh, you know, I am not going to say that I'm going to log in every day because I, I'm just not – going to have that level of discipline about it. I'm just not going to do it. It's not going to work. And, and you're going to have a lot of, well, where's Adam questions if you expect us to rely on that. However, if you're emailing me telling me what's going on, well, I can reply to an email. Or, or if an email tells me to go in and update something, I'll, I'll do that absolutely all day long because you're, now you're engaging me. And now you're not forcing right. me to learn a new habit that I'm only going to need probably for about 30 days anyway. And you know what they say about how long it takes to learn a habit. Right, and that's so. So, and, and with teamwork, every time I add, I have a, I have a team of virtual assistants that work for me, and we use teamwork. And everything that I need them to do, I don't email them anything. I put it in teamwork, and then it sends them an email, and then they can set it up so they get reminder emails every day of what to do today or what to do this week. They can set right. up an email system for them that they get reports that tells them what they need to do. Right, right. I, I like I like that a lot. So I just wanted to cover that to let people know that um, if you've ever had challenges 
with getting people to get engaged with your project management software, your project management system, there's a real simple way around it. Um, and, you know, exactly. and a lot of the systems out there don't even require people to log in, but we'll keep track of it. Uh, compare this to uh, ticketing systems. For companies that use support tickets to track their customer service issues, now, mm-hmm. I've said myself in my own writing many times, uh, if you if you go to somebody who's supposed to be your loyal customer and tell them they have to fill out a support ticket, they're going to stand up and walk away and tell you to something off as they walk away from, you know, casting their head over their shoulder while they say it. Um, right. However, however, if you're using a ticketing support system that allows all communications to work by email, they'll go with that. In fact, they'll like the fact that their email subject lines now have a case number applied to it because it shows that somebody's tracking it. Uh, and they don't have exactly. to log in or something like that. They can just reply to email. They can see Q&A that way. Uh, that, that'll work just fine. Right. You don't, they, don't have to, they don't have to get onto the phone and call. They can get into your system, and they can track their ticket all the way through. Right, exactly, without having to get another username and password or something like that. And it you know, feels like a direct human interaction. So, so Susan, Exactly. Yeah, so Susan, we have about two minutes left here, and I did promise that I would turn the floor over to you. I know that we have some people on the edge of their seats wanting to learn more, how to engage with you, how you support others. So have at it. Tell us how they do it. Okay. I will do so. So uh, you can go to my website. It's The Techie. So Techie is T-E-C-H-I-E, mentor, M-E-N-T-O-R.com, thetechiementor.com. And I basically have all kinds of goodies on there. I I have it – kind of laid out. So if you're a new virtual assistant, um, I have a whole section for you. If you're uh, a virtual assistant who's looking to take your business to the next level, I have a section for that as well. So, I mean, and then I also have one for transitioning. And what I mean by transitioning is you're transitioning out of being an employee to an entrepreneur, which is a different, you know, each, each step in your journey is different, right? When you first start versus if you're trying to leave your job and start your business versus if you've been in business a few years. So I have, um, I have different things for that. I do have a ton of free stuff on my website. I have a ton of free business and technology training on anything from WordPress to Infusionsoft to one shopping cart, which in, in, in my mind, if you're going to be a virtual assistant, and I'm going to throw this out there, probably not everybody's going to like what I'm going to say, but That's I'm okay. it in the best way, is that you really can't earn a living doing just administrative stuff. You have to learn technology. Right. Let's face it. You are supporting online business owners that use technology to support and run their business. When you become a virtual assistant, they come to you and, and they believe you're the expert in the technology that you are going to support them, whether it's WordPress, whether it's um, Infusionsoft. You need to understand. And some of these tools, yeah, you can learn by watching YouTube. Infusionsoft isn't one of those. Neither is one shopping cart. You need to really invest in yourself. And so my business is really built around training. As I said, I was a trainer before, and I really look at training in both business and technology, and I have boot camps for both. So, you know, stop by. You can watch some of my free videos to kind of get a feel for who I am, how I train. Um, And then I do have the ability to work, you know, one-on-one with me if you want. I have these wonderful things called quick sessions where you can just buy an hour of my time and pick my brain for whatever you want it to be. Um, And I also have a group coaching um, program that starts in January. And one other thing I am going to be doing, Adam, that I'm really excited about, is I am going to put together an entire training program on project management for virtual assistants because it is so needed. And not just virtual assistants, but OBMs as well, online business managers, I feel need um, just some basic project management skills to really understand how it benefits and really with, you know, to lay that solid foundation for their business. Right. 
Outstanding. And that's all at the techiementor.com, which people can find by visiting your guest profile on businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Yes. Absolutely. Well, we're right at the top of the hour. We're going to have to have you back at some point. Uh, Susan Mershon, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, well, thank you. I'd love to come back anytime you want. Just let me know. Yep, and everybody listening, please check out our previous and upcoming episodes on iTunes and at our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com, and learn how our guest experts help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.